Welcome back to the Cairo London podcast and today we have an amazing opportunity to chat to Kushbu Patel, our chiropractor who's on maternity leave and just gave birth to little Akshar literally two weeks ago and I was really looking forward to the opportunity to have a chat and just see how the experience of becoming a mother kind of changed or somehow impacted on some of the maybe opinions or information or attitude or you know just insight into you know she was a chiropractor with us in Marlebone uh, almost specializing in pregnancy and, and helping kids out and uh, now she's become a mother herself uh, I was interested to hear her take on things so yeah we had a great chat we even got to meet the little man halfway through sorry you won't get to see it on the podcast but uh, if you want to meet Aksha you can kind of I think about 20 minutes or so head over to the Instagram Cairo London Instagram page and you can check him out but uh, anyway let's have a listen to see what Kushboo's got to say congratulations and thanks for joining us there she is. Hi. Hello. <laughs> you look great. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> I haven't looked like this in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's a very tough time. So, you know, you could be very much excused to be looking like death at the moment. Yeah. But, um... I was just a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, what's the little guy doing? He's crying and dad's trying to pacify him at the moment. <laughs> so officially dad's on duty at the moment. Okay. Well, that's cool. Obviously what I was hoping to have happen, at some point hopefully we will meet him. And uh, But anyway, look, tell us the story. What? Um, who, who is, uh, what's his name? His name is Akshur. Um, he was Akshur. born about two weeks ago on the 15th. So he came okay. a, a week earlier than he was supposed to be um, expected. But, uh, yeah, it was eventful, very quick. And then, um, yeah, now it's even more eventful. <laughs> Absolutely. So, look, you um, you were working in the Marlebone practice. Let's just fill in the gaps here a little bit for anyone who's listening because uh, you've been um, – you probably haven't had any time or maybe – you know what? I mean, my wife Gail was. Uh, we've got kids who are eleven and thirteen, and that was. Can you believe before iPads and iPhones were really a thing? <laughs> right. So I'm pretty sure mum life is a bit different by having access to a device uh, than it was. Yeah. Like, you know, a phone um, is very handy when you're breastfeeding to like just do whatever kind of research you need to, or like. Yeah. Any questions you need answering and you're Googling away, which can be dangerous, but yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty Definitely. sure it's a, it's a slippery slope as well as a convenience, hey? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, no, um, we digressed a little bit there. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, but no, as I was saying, you, you might have been listening into some of these conversations. Have you taken in any, or you've been very busy, obviously, since I started doing this, but the no, podcasts. I've, I've yeah. heard some of the podcasts, not all of them, but. Um, well, it's a good thing to listen to maybe at 3 a.m. in the morning when you're kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, breastfeeding or just waiting for someone yeah. to go to sleep. Or... Trying, trying to entertain myself. Right. So two weeks ago, you had a baby, um, little guy, little boy. How, how big was he? He was six and a half pounds, so yeah, almost three kilos. Yeah, yeah, that's a good size. Yeah, 
not As in, huge. I'm not that big, not, so I wasn't no. Well, you're tiny, so <laughs> that's probably really big for someone your frame. Yeah, right? for uh, for Kushbu's frame. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, look. I mean, uh, let's just. Uh, so you you were working with us. Um, obviously, what a crazy time to be pregnant, though. Eh? Yeah. I haven't really had that much of a conversation with you about it, but let's just talk about it now. I mean, it must have been a pretty scary time, right? Because uh, obviously as soon as – I can't remember, you were working right up until I think the point where it was like, okay, let's go into lockdown. And then, you know, because there was that uncertainty around pregnancy, um, you obviously just downed the tools and just um, protected yourself, um, which was, you know, fair enough really. But yeah. um, so you you stopped both clinics, didn't you? And yeah. haven't been. I mean, where, did you did you get adjusted there? Anyway, look, let's just go through it. So yeah. Um, so you you obviously were working with us. Um, you, we knew you were pregnant, and then obviously you were planning on working right up until uh, maybe a month yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, and. But obviously, COVID came, and you and you sort of did your thing. So, tell us how it was being pregnant through that time. Um, so, basically, going back to what you said, I think the uh, the fear, I guess, of COVID and not knowing what the research was or enough research or evidence behind how it affects pregnancy. Um, begged my husband and I to make the decision that just take maternity leave early. Um, I had three months to go still, so it was a very early maternity leave. Mm. Um, but it was more so just because we were in a position to be able to make that decision and not have to um, work at the same time as, you know, trying to to figure out if this was going to be something that affected us, especially with um, – I guess me traveling back and forth to work and the tubes and things like that was just, it was just one of those decisions we had to make, which was tough for me um, given my uh, understanding of the immune system and um, all of that. It kind of just had to be one of those decisions that had to be made. Um, it was boring as hell. Um, I, I think the first month was just driving myself insane going, what do I do next to entertain myself? I bought knitting gear tried it one day failed miserably and I was like never doing that again um so <laughs> there are a few things where I attempted it and I was like yeah this isn't me um but I think in hindsight it was really good because I had enough time to do a fair bit of research beforehand to to kind of get myself geared for motherhood um not that everything comes in handy it's just kind of pick and choose when it comes to it but at least I, you know, did a lot of reading on different things and um, heard different podcasts and things like that. So that kind of gave me the um, the freedom of having a little bit more, uh, I guess, background to what I was going to get myself into soon. Well, so uh, you obviously had an idea maybe <laughs> uh, yeah. as a chiropractor of what yeah. you thought it was going to be like, right? Um, yeah. And you obviously probably delved into pregnancy a little bit deeper than you maybe, you know, maybe anyone else would would have. Yeah. And especially then you had these extra three months to do that as well, yeah. right? Um, so, uh, yeah, and so how different was it then? what you were expecting or what the textbooks were sort of telling you, you know? 
I think um, I was fairly lucky that my pregnancy was relatively smooth and uh, I was able to understand what my body was going through in terms of what I needed to do to to manage it um, if I was having any kind of pains or things like that. Um, I think the main thing was I was missing my professional adjustments um, in the three months um, leading up to delivery because I knew how important that was. Um, so I ended up having to teach my husband how to to adjust me in certain places. Um, I've got the activator at home. So, yeah, he became a somewhat semi-qualified chiropractor in, in his mind. <laughs> so I guess, but that's that thing where you, you had to weigh up the risks associated with leaving the house with um, yeah. the benefits of actually getting on the chiro table, right? And so yeah. because of that complete uncertainty, you just opted to stay at home. Is that right? Um, that and also the fact that um, my husband was working from home and it was very busy for him. Like he was working till 11 o'clock at night type of a thing. So for me to be able to get to the clinic as well, I would need to get a ride rather than using public transport, which yeah. wasn't the case. Um, and I think the clinics were closed for a little while as well. Um, and it was more so just emergency cases. Yeah. So I wasn't in a position where I was um, in, you know, dire need in terms of pain or anything like that. It was more so I knew the importance of tuning up my body and keeping it prepped to mm -hmm. the optimum so that I could, you know, be at any stage ready to deliver, really. Yeah. So what were the feels like then, you know, compared to what you, you know, all the pregnant women you'd actually helped before? Um, um, was I think it just uh, – it kind of puts perspective on what they actually go through and what women's bodies go through. It's incredible, uh, especially labor as well. And I think um, going to Amy's question about what did you do to prep for labor, all of those things kind of just made such a huge difference as to how, um, how it was easier for me to manage through delivery and things like that. And even the recovery afterwards. So um, yeah, I think, uh, it just gives me a perspective of how we actually do help pregnant women throughout their pregnancies going into the next phase of having a baby, taking care of it, and also your body and the changes it goes through as well at the same time. So, yeah. So uh, you came a week early or uh, ask, uh, hang on, how do I say his name again? Akshar. Akshar. Yeah. Akshar came. He was a little bit in a hurry. Akshar came yeah. out um, a little bit early. Did you say there was a little complication there? Do you want to go into your story at all? Yeah, or? yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, there was only a small complication that um, when the contractions occur, the baby's heart rate drops and then needs to pick up again. And his was dropping a little bit more than uh, what was expected. And he was taking a little while to recover, which... Um, doctors would say that, oh, you know, it could be because the cord's wrapped around the baby and that's why it's going into distress. Um, but it wasn't the case, actually. I'm, I'm not too sure if it was just a positional thing um, that was causing the distress, so the positions that I was in to labour. Um, I really wanted a, a water birth, but because of COVID, we weren't allowed to have that. Um, so it wasn't as ideal in terms of what I had imagined. But I think in regards to how it all went, I was very fortunate that it went very easily. I, um, My husband and I did a hypnobirthing course prior to 
um, birth. And that really just helps kind of give you an idea of what your body will go through in terms of when push comes to shove. <laughs> and yeah, I think that really prepped um, me mentally to be able to know what I needed to do with my body at the time. So that really helped. Wow. So, you know, Gail, my wife, uh, did an amazing job uh, delivering two kids and we couldn't have had two more extreme variations in the process um, uh, where one got a bit complicated and our second, Charlie, decided to pop out in the bedroom before we could even go anywhere. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely in a rush then. Yeah. No, uh, sorry, we call her um, Charlie is a Charlotte. So little, oh, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. So Charlotte, uh, she was like, yeah, but, you know, um, no matter how much, I think that's one thing that we learned anyway uh, is that there's no amount of, you know, there's a lot of preparation you can actually do. Yeah. doesn't always go to plan and, um you know, I know hypnobirthing is is definitely something we went through too, as well. You know, um, mm. but you know, I guess if um, if you if things aren't quite going to plan, um, somewhere that you know you know you're on that sort of that that pathway that could end up all the way down into a cesarean section. Yeah. It's that sort of uh, uh, you know, no matter how much preparation you actually get, uh, you can end up in a situation that still ends up in that. And I think that, you know, it's kind of probably most important to kind of not beat yourself up about that. Um, yeah. Um, and just be really grateful when there is a really easy, you know, perceivably easy uh, delivery as well, you know. Um, yeah, for so. sure. My husband and I had that chat beforehand as well and um, he knew that my preference was to be as natural as possible throughout the whole labour delivery and he said, look, if at any point you do need to take any medication or, you know, we need to go down the intervention route or anything like that, don't think you failed. Like, that's not what it's about. And I was like, look, I know that. It's just I like to have an ideal thought in my head and then yeah. stick with that until things start to, to go the other way. So, yeah, it was, um, it was really nice that my husband had gone through that with me and also kind of was trying to manage expectations as well. What was the deal with regards to um, maternity ward and that sort of stuff? So you were in hospital, right? So, yeah. um, uh, so uh, he, he, your husband could be there because I think there was a period of time where there was even concern that husbands would, couldn't be there, right? Yeah, there was. Um, so I think it's only when you're in the labour ward when you're actually giving birth is when they're allowed in. Um, as soon as you've given birth and you're put into the recovery ward, they're out. And right. um, initially when you go into triage and they're checking you, Again, they're not allowed in then as well. So it's only a, um, a labour ward type of a uh, situation where you are allowed to have um, your partner there. So does that also mean that um, if you're there and you've, uh, you're not very dilated at all, he's not allowed in the building sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and then they, they kind of call him up and sort of go, okay, well, yeah, we're pretty sure it's going to happen within a couple of hours now. Um, yeah. Come now, right? yeah. Or is he downstairs waiting for this to happen? It wasn't downstairs. He was in like a waiting area in the hospital still, um, oh, wow. which was just outside the the ward area. Um, but but that must I, have been really hard because it's like uh, that's almost the most important time to have your husband around, you know, yeah. um, just to sort of try and distract you away from stuff and just exactly. talk to you, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're useless for the rest of it. So. That, um, I dilated very quickly, so... He was only outside for like 20 minutes and then they called him in and he was like, 
what already wow. so yeah. yeah like i said we were quite fortunate that everything happened fairly quickly mm. okay um so yeah i mean was there anything else that you think um that you would normally have been talking to your pregnant patients about that you now think he was completely the wrong advice <laughs> um or vice versa you know something that um you learned that you really wanted to share? There's actually, there's so many things um, that I learned in regards to trying to just manage your body so that it's all prepped in terms of ready for labor and things like that. Like the whole myth of eating dates, um, six dates a day from a certain period and having primrose oil and um, doing perineal massages, all of those kind of things. Um, it kind of it was stuff that I hadn't really looked into before. Like I knew about it. Um, I never was in the position about uh, having a breech baby. My um, upshare was always in the right position. But um, obviously with Cairo, we see a lot of pregnant women who come in with breech position and um, they're looking to hopefully help the baby turn. Um, and I we did an NCT course as well. So we had a, a lot of women that um, were in our group and uh, a few of them faced the the whole situation where their baby was breached. So spinning babies was a great um, uh, tool to have, but also I was referring everyone to chiropractic as much as possible. I was like, you need to go see these people, these people. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think with the whole COVID situation, everyone was quite um, reluctant to to get out of the house but um it's just it's one of those things it makes you realize that chiropractic is such a great tool to have um under your belt while you're pregnant uh and it's just so undervalued um i i, I don't know if i mentioned already my brain's a bit of a, a mush but um the day i went into labor my husband and i had gone for a walk and i could start feeling a little bit of sacral pain which i never had throughout my pregnancy so I said to him, I need you to adjust me tonight so that, you know, I can get rid of this interference or whatever it is. And he basically adjusted me and I went into labor a few hours later. So it's just amazing how your body reacts when it's free of interference and ready to do what it needs to do. Wow. So is he claiming that he is the uh, God's gift to chiropractic yeah, now, is he? he really um, is. He and is. he can bring on labor with these yeah. skills, right? I mean, the the midwives also told him that he did such an amazing job. They were like, you know, if you do want to have a career change and, you know, you're thinking of becoming a midwife or a doula, you should do it. And I was like literally laying there on the bed and I was like, excuse me, I popped the baby out. Like, you know? <laughs> but he was he was pretty amazing. He was like a cheerleader, which was awesome. Wow. So uh, I think I saw there was a couple of people watching, making comments even, um, wanting to meet the little guy, but, you know, no rush. Um, uh, we can keep the fans waiting. Um, <laughs> He's up on Dad at the moment. Um, oh, hang on a minute. Is yeah. this the moment we've been waiting for? There <laughs> he is. He doesn't look so great right now. <laughs> he looks nice and sleepy. Did he kind of cry himself to sleep almost? Or, yeah, he yeah. did. He was having a bit of a, a mare at the, um, at the last feed and then obviously wanted to go to sleep, but mommy wasn't there to help with that. There we go. Yeah, nice. He's, uh, 
He's still quite wee. He looks like he's got like loads of skin to grow into, which is good, yeah. obviously. Um, he's so, so he's probably got he's probably got those little wrinkles everywhere that uh, yeah. babies have. Um, <laughs> he looks like a little grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cute photos you sent through too, by the way. You guys look like you've Thank been. Um, you. I think, you know, that's the other thing about having a phone though, hey, where you feel obliged to actually take a lot of photos and yeah, videos and definitely. stuff, right, um, in Instagram world. <laughs> He's mm. taken over my phone, that's for sure. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, so uh, what? Do, so I guess we spoke a bit about um, delivery, a little bit about pregnancy and some of the stuff you um, – you learned there. What about after he arrived? Yeah, everything went out the window. <laughs> Genuinely, everything went out the window. I think. Um, were you? Were you in? Did they kind of kick you out of hospital pretty quickly too? By the way. No, they actually uh, made me stay overnight, uh, and that was mainly because um, the pediatrician comes around after 12 to 24 hours to check the baby, and um, our check was the next day. So okay. they, they kept us in and... Um, yeah, so they like to do that thing when they just uh, have the professional eyeball, the yeah. mother and baby, right, and then, um, and then you're free to go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was, there was uh, certainly no encouraging to say beyond that. I can imagine they're trying to get people out of there as quickly as possible because uh, it was just like a normal hospital, right? So you had the COVID people on one side of the building and then, the, yeah. you know, new babies the other side. It's not a great place to be, hey? No, so. It was kind of like tumbleweed, to be honest, for um, uh, for most of it, just because they're trying to minimise as many people in the hospital as possible. So, obviously, mm. pregnant mums can't do much about that, and then COVID patients. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so you've had two weeks. You obviously have the perfect routine sorted out by now, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so on it. <laughs> right. Um, what's the longest sleep you've had? Um, four hours. That's pretty good though, huh? Yeah, no, he was, he was doing really well at the start and then now he's kind of learning his way into, um, making life a little bit difficult for mom and dad. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's that thing where there's that sort of little honeymoon period, isn't there? And then yeah. the digestive system kind of properly wakes up and starts processing all the, the other stuff, you know, That's they get exactly the, <laughs> they get the, the, the proper milk arrives and then the, uh, the poor digestive system has to deal with that. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, oh, look, there we go. Dr. Amy is Actually, right I was I was about to tell Amy as well that I need to come in to get him checked by someone else apart from my eyes, because, when you're a mom and you're trying to adjust your baby, sometimes you're you're a little bit delusional. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's just you're trying to get to terms with the fact that your sleep is massively interrupted, eh? Hey? So, yeah, um, yeah baby sure. brain is taken to another level for those first few weeks. So, um, <laughs> I think it's taken it to like such a level I don't even know how to string a sentence together sometimes. So, mm. but did you kind of uh, take to feeding okay? Uh, or? Um, we did have a bit of difficulty with latching initially. Um, and I think it just comes down to the baby's trying to learn, you're trying to learn and you need to have the patience for it. Um, yeah. and obviously depending on how aggravated the baby gets with trying to latch and then not being able to feed properly, it can lead to a lot more issues coming up with, you know, loss of birth weight or jaundice and things like that. So it's mm. just, it's once you get into that vicious cycle, it's a little bit difficult to get out of without uh, making it 
even worse for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, well done. It sounds like you're kind of making great headway into everything only two weeks in. <laughs> Trying. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, there is no rule book, though, is there? I think this is the thing that um, even as a professional uh, who is trained in some of these things and, you know, there was a time where probably the midwife would be referring to you to try and help another mum out with some feeding (laughs) Um, and now you're there trying to do it yourself and you're like, well, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess it's just kind of like you just got to do the hard yards, don't you? you And um, sometimes there's no amount of um, anything that will help except for just time needs to pass and a a routine needs to sort of develop, doesn't it? Yeah, that's for sure. Um. So what are you uh, what are you planning on doing? Are we um, well, I was going to ask you this. Uh, you obviously had a massive you've had a massive maternity leave already, anyway. So I know. you're probably ready to come back to work, right? Um, <laughs> I, I believe so. Especially when he's crying, I'm ready to come back. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder what. I mean, I, pro- I kind of keep banging on about it, but uh, when that first person comes through the door who is pregnant or who has a baby to bring to you as a patient, um, yeah. I wonder what, I guess you're just going to have that knowing that maybe you didn't have before or, or, yeah, or do sure. you think, it'll, yeah, will it be different or not really or what? I think it will be enhanced for sure um, mm. because I I did gear myself um, with, you know, all the seminars and things like that that you do more towards pregnancy and pediatrics. But until you've been in that situation, you're not going to know exactly what the other person's going through or even just tips that you've kind of gone through that have worked for you as well. So I think that massively um, helps to, to be able to be in that mind frame after being gone through it to then help others um, when they come in with similar issues or at least just the fact that their body's going through what you've been through. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's only natural, isn't it, because you you're, you will just have so much more of a depth of, of compassion probably or empathy about yeah. the sort of the situation. I cry with the mum as well <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, as a dad, I'm, you know, even though I guess I'm a, a step closer, but I'm still like uh, totally unprepared to uh, offer any empathy in that situation yeah. because I don't think no matter how much study or extra study you do, you just can't know, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so what else? Uh, knitting didn't work for you through lockdown. Um, Definitely. I, you know, the, these uh, previous interviews I have had with uh, with the team mm. um, had a bit of a structure to it, of which we just threw completely out the window today because um, <laughs> we had way more important things to talk about. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, did you know just secretly, I don't want to announce it to the world just yet, um, yeah. but there's an x-ray machine being installed in Malibu. Oh, my God, really? Shh. I mean, Genuinely exciting news. <laughs> Do not tell a soul, okay? Um, I don't think anyone's listening, so it's okay. <laughs> How excited is Luke about this? Does he know? Well, yeah, I mean, the builders are in the building, so, yeah, okay, um, fine. you know, uh, they're all very aware of it. Uh, there's sort of a, a lead-lined room in the basement which is being made. So uh, Nice, nice. Well, looking uh, forward to coming back then. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. And are you, uh, I guess, you know, I was chatting to another mum, Cairo, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it is a nice kind of profession to be a mum where you can kind of turn up for a few shifts, um, mm. hopefully get dad to sort of step up and do some work. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, you probably don't have to be full-time, but you can still be a presence enough to help out, right? So yeah. that, I guess that's the plan at some point, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping, um, I think initially I was thinking, oh, yeah, six months. And then I was thinking about it closer to time. And I was like, actually, you know what, I think I'll push it to a year and just give myself that time with my baby and just bond yeah. and see it go through the the milestones that you want to see in the first year, which there's so many of. Mm. Um, and then afterwards, I think I'll be mentally ready to to come back into work. I think the the great thing about chiropractic like you said is that you can have that you know flexibility in terms of hours and things like that but also I can do my job wherever I want to as well like Mm. it's not really a job in that sense um so I adjust my husband all the time um friends and family and things like that as well so Mm. I guess that way you can kind of keep up with what you're doing and not feel like you've completely lost touch with your profession Mm. That's cool. Well, take your time. Um, yeah. You know, um, I think, um, well, anyway, we've got lots of time to talk about it, but I think there's that idea. We, we've never opened Marlebone on the weekend, by the way. Maybe there's oh, yeah. just something to think about there. Could do. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely get Dad to step up. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, did you have anything else that you were hoping to share on this conversation? Well, here we go. So, um, but yeah, was there something? No, not that I can think of. I interrupted. Here is the question I have been asking people, which I'm sure you should share, is um, what's your favourite health-related or now pregnancy-related resource that you you got the most out of in the preparation for for pregnancy? Like Um, a book. For pregnancy, there wasn't like a particular book, I would say, but for birthing, it was the hypnobirthing book. Um, So I read the book and then decided that my husband needed to know this information as well. And then um, we did the course. So hang on, Um, there is just a book or is is there numerous types of resources with that? Because, you know, it's been, yeah, it's obviously been 10 years since I did hypnobirthing and I don't think there was one book back then. What was... Uh, is there a, there are more popular, what's the book called? It's called the, the positive birth company. Um, and okay. it's, uh, it's just positive birthing, um, by Siobhan Miller. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I found it really great because I'm someone that likes to know what I'm going to get myself into just yeah. so I can mentally prepare myself. And, um, this basically does that like, might be too much information, but when you're going through a contraction and you're thinking, oh, God, when is this going to end? Um, They basically tell you that it's going to last about 45 seconds to a minute. And if you breathe like this in a cycle, you'll have like four to five breath cycles that you do and it will be over. And literally I would count how many breath cycles I was doing because then I knew that, okay, there is an end to it as well. So yeah, I think in regards to that, like every friend that has asked me how's it going and stuff, I've said whenever you're in the situation, you need to do this course online or read the book. So that's the positive, yeah, I do, you know, the positive birth company. Yeah, yeah. Hypnobirthing. Right. 
Definitely must look into that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anything else that you can think of that um, has helped you? Um, Books or? Yeah. I mean, books or or even podcasts that you've maybe, I don't know if you're into listening to sort of maternity podcasts, if it's a thing. I don't know. Um, I Um, did. And then I stopped listening because uh, I think I kind of just needed to get the information rather than. listening to what everyone else's variation was but then towards the end um on instagram there's quite a few pages that um you can follow that are to do with positive birthing and uh hypnobirthing and things like that and a lot of them had um actually the the night i went into labor um literally an hour before my water broke i was laying in bed and i was trying to fall asleep couldn't fall asleep so i went on instagram and i was looking at videos of women giving birth um in a pool and how natural it was and how seemingly easy it was as well and literally in my mind i was thinking this is how i want to be able to deliver my baby and have you know this kind of a experience and i think just that allowed my body to be relaxed and just kind of give in to what was happening and kind of help the whole thing along as well. So, yeah, different tools. Um, I'm not much of a reader, so uh, it was more so just finding information um, on different websites and things like that rather than getting a book and sitting down and reading that. You know what, though, I think you've reminded me of that, uh, the bit of advice, which is a really good bit of advice with anything, but especially pregnancy, is that you can – you know, people are very quick to tell you their story, right? Mm. Um, and when you're pregnant, I remember that was a thing where especially those people that don't have much of a filter don't yeah. have that kind of like maybe it's not appropriate to tell this lady who is about to have her own baby my really horrible birth story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in the same way, like that's probably what you're getting at with regards to the podcast. And sometimes there's a lot of negative stuff going on out there. And yeah. that's probably a really good thing that you brought up is that you just want to keep try and keep your mind as positive as possible. Yeah. Reinforce it with maybe some really positive um, imagery. Mm. And yeah, I think I mean, that's what works best for me as well is the, the positive um imagery, seeing stuff rather than reading it necessarily. Because I think um there's a lot more emotion um, attached to a visual thing for me and mm. that's probably what helps more so. That's cool. Um, thanks for reminding me about lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> Jog down memory lane. Um, what's the – this is the other question I've been asking people. Any bit of health advice that someone gave you through pregnancy that you – you know, I guess that you really rang true with you or something that you used to tell people when you were looking after uh, women who were pregnant yourselves. Um, That's a great bit of advice. Yeah, I think my advice to to women uh, that came into practice was just keeping mobile um, as much as possible. Obviously, you have to kind of listen to your body as well. Sometimes your body just says, no, (laughs) I don't want to do it. Um, And sometimes you're, you're happy to do it. I I took on uh, pregnancy yoga, um, especially more so in my last trimester, and I felt that that was incredible in terms of keeping flexibility and keeping you mobile. Um, In terms of what I used to give advice, it was very physical-based in terms of, you know, just making sure you're active, uh, exercising and things like that, just keeping your body physically 
uh, ready. And uh, the advice that I got afterwards um, from people and just from listening to different YouTube videos and all of that was more so in regards to the things that you can eat and um, take in naturally to be able to help your body prep as well. So like I said, the the primrose oil and the the dates and all of those kind of things. And in Indian culture as well, they have a lot of different variations of what you can eat before your um, baby's born and what you eat afterwards to help with lactation and all of that. So as much as uh, initially I used to think, oh, it's just a bunch of hoo-ha type of a thing, I think I took on to it and it's probably proved itself quite well so far. So I, mm. I, I know that that's something that I would pass on to women um, when I see them in practice as well. So uh, how's your support network around North London then? Uh, have you got much family over here? Um, I've got a lot of family um, in terms of mums, cousins and things like that. Um, but all of them are more so up in Leicester and, um, we've got some here. They've all offered help. They've all been wonderful in that sense. Um, my in-laws as well have been really great in terms of coming by with food drops and things like that and getting a sneak peek at Uksha as well. So they've been, um, they've been dropping off food. Actually, my father-in-law made some food today as well and dropped it off before this call. So yeah, it's, uh, they've definitely been helpful in that sense, but, um, I think in Hang on regards, a second, but uh, where, where did you grow up though? New Zealand. Yeah, but uh, so, but do you say your mum's over here though? No, my mum's family. So a lot of my mum's ah. cousins and stuff are here. Mm. Yeah. So let's just make that clear. You grew up in New Zealand. You studied chiropractic in New Zealand. Yeah. And then, as soon as you graduated, you came over here. No, I graduated and moved to Australia. So I was there for about five years, practiced there, yeah. and then met my husband and lost the battle of which which person's going to move. So I ended up here. <laughs> and he was from the UK and yeah. the rest is history, right? Yeah. 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 Where were you working in Australia again? I was in Sunshine Coast and then Sydney. Who did you work for in Sunshine Coast? Uh, John Moore. John he Moore. does NIP. Right. Yeah. yeah. What part of the Sunshine Coast? Uh, Marichidor. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. And were you practicing NLP yourself? Yeah, so I learned NIP, started practicing it. Um, I'm one of those people that when I graduated, I was like, I need a mentor. I need to be able to learn off someone and get a lot of one-on-one -on -one type of a um, uh, stimulation in terms of understanding the body as well. And, um, yeah, I, I learned NIP with John. And then when I went to Sydney, I did SOT with uh, my boss who was actually the um, president of SOT at the time. So yeah. I learned that with her. So were you learning NIP when Neil Davies was teaching it all? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, your boss then was was pretty into it, I guess, himself, right? Yeah, very yeah. much so. But then that probably also explains your sort of practice style over here now, right, which is sort of um, probably encompassing still some of those premises of SOT and NIP, right? Yeah. Um, and then the the sort of input is whatever you decide it to be, you know, um, appropriate for that person, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just having a, a a bag with all the different tools in it and then just pulling out what's appropriate for the person. Yeah. Yeah. And it works well with babies especially because that's obviously where the – 
NIP being neuro impulse, impulse protocol for those that don't know. But um, I think it originated off uh, out of babies, really, didn't it? Yeah, um, it did. Pediatric care. Yeah. And then it just got expanded out into, well, the neurology is the same for adults and children. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that conversation took a turn. <laughs> is Akshar still around or is he gone? Well, he's quite quiet right now, so I'm guessing he's fallen asleep. <laughs> and he's, they've, they've just left you to it, right? So, yeah, they um, did. This is probably the first bit of, like, you time outside of, like, uh, or work time you've had <laughs> for ages, right? <laughs> Definitely. I even put on an outfit and my husband was like, what, you dressed up? And I was like, I'm going to be on camera. I can't <laughs> be in my robe the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad we've gave you, gave you sort of something to sort of uh, focus, focus in on. Outside. I know I, I know you have other things to focus on, but um, the you know I know we set this up a week ago, so uh, yeah, you probably had it was nice to have a little bit of something to aim for. Something right? to so, yeah, look forward to for sure. Well, I'll um, I'll turn this into a little podcast, and you can share it with the family. Um, but uh, obviously, these things get saved on Instagram now as well. Um, which weirdly didn't happen when I interviewed Amy Bree. Sort of um, the pod, the um, Instagram changed the way they did things uh, oh, about two months ago, and yeah. yeah, so it was kind of weird. You used to only have these Insta lives could only live for twenty four hours, um, but now you can save them on your feed so that for years to come, people can benefit <laughs> from <laughs> your amazing insight. But no, look, I mean, to be fair, I think. I think it's nice just to, while it's, I guess, very fresh within your within your mind, just mm. to think about some of those things that you you learnt along the way. You know? Yeah, as in, I've tried to actually create a document to just keep everything in one place, so that I know for next time around or when friends are pregnant, I can just pass the document on and say, look, there's all these different topics that I've looked into and whatever information you want to take from it, you can take from it. Um, Also because I know that baby brain takes over and you just forget what happened or what you did. Mm. So, Well, I I should ask you to, you should just sort of like try and grab all those resources and roll out a blog piece. Um, Yeah, could do. You know, because, I mean, it... um, my experience from the Cairo perspective, I bet you that would probably gain a fair bit of interest um, mm. from people learning, you know, just trying to get a little bit of a resource, you know. Um, yeah. So, And we could include this podcast in it. But anyway, cool. Well, good to chat to you. Um, yeah. Obviously, you sound like you need to get in touch with Amy Bree. Uh, yes. <laughs> and she's back here, well, doing her Sundays even, so I don't know if that's any better I mean, reason Sundays for Sundays would probably be best, yeah. So maybe maybe do that. I'm sure Amy would be very happy to accommodate you. Plus it sounds like, you know, your husband is probably a rubbish chiropractor, so uh, <laughs> you definitely need to get on a proper chiro table, right? Yeah, so, I, I don't um, think he would be too impressed with you saying that. I think he thinks he's oh, really? an amazing job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Well, look, let's wind it up then, hey? Thanks very much oh. for joining us. Thanks um, for having me <laughs> and uh, giving me an excuse to actually get out of my robe. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, um, I think uh, it's gone very well. I think you guys are obviously a pretty good team because of the fact that you 
we were anticipating this being a 15-minute chat and a, yeah. a um, absolutely kind of meltdown uh, <laughs> Akshar just arrives on the scene and interrupts it. So <laughs> he's already let mum have a little bit of you time, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I must thank my husband as well. He's actually done well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, look, um, we'll see you very shortly in the flash, I hope. So. Yeah. Um, Speak soon, eh? Yeah, thanks, Okay, signing off. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.